1: Oh, and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I am your host, Shelby Shear, here with the incomparable... Oh.
0: Look, <laughs> like I added
1: an adjective.
0: <laughs> Jason Shear. There we go.
1: hey <laughs> And we are here to preview the Arizona men's basketball matchup against Stanford on Thursday night. I, okay.
0: I have my thesaurus out. I'm ready for the Stanford audience. Oh,
1: th- yeah. We are going to use big words. We know that just we have, kidding,
0: I'm just being facetious.
1: We have Stanford fans, hopefully. I'll tell you the
0: algorithm towards Arizona's victory later on.
1: Okay, if Stanford fans are listening, we, uh, we're hoping they would be impressed by our, our big words.
0: Why talk about the basketball game when we can talk about the solicitial effect of the Chinese government? No, I'm just wow, okay. Anyway, back to... That's, but... a,
1: <laughs> that's another podcast, babe. Anyway, we're just going to jump right in. Stanford will be without fans. They're playing... So this game, no fans in the stadium. Do you think that plays a factor in general? I already know what you're going to say, but yeah. I
0: actually asked Tommy Lloyd if it was a disadvantage. And because Tommy Lloyd is a first-year coach at Arizona, I don't think he fully understood what I meant. If you have been to a Stanford-Arizona game in recent years, there are more Arizona fans than Stanford fans at the game. There is a very large Bay Area following um, with Arizona fans And whenever you turn on the TV And they're playing You can hear the Arizona fans um, And so he's like no you know, I don't see how it would affect the weight team And it, it won't um, It's normally Like let's say Arizona played You know at a place like Oregon Or some tor- sort of hostile environment Colorado, Utah And there were no fans I think it would be a much more significant factor But the reality is that Stanford fans aren't really going to basketball games anyway. It's true. I mean, they don't they don't have a big attendance. Um, and you know Tommy Lloyd said he thinks it'll actually help Arizona. They don't have to show off to try to get the crowd into it or, or quiet the crowd down with lobs and stuff like that. It's gonna be a bunker mentality where they just go in and so I I think it if anything, it helps Arizona, it's not gonna hurt Arizona. Um, and if anything it would hurt Stanford. I don't think it'll be a huge deal. I hope to hear some curse words, Um, but I don't think at the end of the day it's going to be a huge deal that they're playing in an empty arena just because Stanford, you know, it sounds mean, but Stanford doesn't really get big crowds anyway.
1: So just all business. Yeah,
0: so Tiger Woods is going to have to stay home. He can't do that fist pump that he did when that what's Nick Robinson doing. He's on the staff now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you all. know, Condos Rice can't be there.
0: I'm having flashbacks.
1: You know, they're all busy drinking brandy and reading oh, what's, encyclopedias. Yeah, what
0: are you up to, Chris Hernandez? <laughs>
1: <Big> <laughs> well, speaking of Stanford, uh, they usually rely on defense, but it isn't as good this year. What type of team is Stanford overall?
0: Um it's it's actually it's a very different team. And and Tommy Lloyd said up in the presser, usually even when Stanford struggles um, their defense is pretty good. Uh, not this year. <laughs> They're, like, last year, their defense was 28th in Ken Palm. The year before, it was 7th. And, I mean, Stanford hasn't been good. The year before, it was 66th. Um, this year, it's 64. They're not a good defensive team. And they haven't been a good offensive team um, in, in a while. Like, that's not a big deal, the fact that their offense isn't very good. I mean, it's been flat-out bad in Ken Palm. Uh, and this year, it's bad again. Um, but their defense is bad, which is a little bit surprising. They don't have those guards. Um, it is a bigger team. It is a, a very legitimate uh, big team, one of the biggest in the country, one of the biggest Arizona we'll see all season. But it is different, not in the offensive sets they run, but just in the way that they approach things. You know, usually you think of Stanford, they take care of the ball. Um, they're not taking care of the ball this year. Um, usually you think of them as a better defensive team. Um, they're not a good defensive team. You know, the effective field goal. Percentage in turnovers percentage. They're they're not succeeding in in either. Uh, They're rebounding the ball very well, especially offensively But it's not your prototypical, um, you know, Stanford team tempo. They're 151 Um, Usually, you know, they're uh, Pretty much in that area. So really the the main difference is when you look at the Stanford team It's that there's a major drop-off on defense, which is usually Stanford's bread and butter and kind of keeps it in in games Um, It's been bad at, at times this year.
1: Well, with that ring endorsement, um, which individual matchup are you most excited about for this game?
0: There's a few actually, because even though Sanford's not a very good team, um, there's some some individual talent that, uh, you know, Aris- would probably play decent minutes for Arizona. Like Jaden Delaire is a solid player um spencer jones is a decent shooter stanford's really big like they go right to a six seven shooting guard um the good thing is you know Arizona's really big also the one that i'm really intrigued by is uh julius tabelas versus harrison ingram harrison ingram um has locked up the pac-12 freshman of the year yes because he's good but also because there there really aren't many other freshmen in the conference it is a very down year a lot of it is transfers guys coming back things like that but um, It is a very down year in terms of freshmen. Like, Arizona doesn't even have a guy that is remotely close to the conversation. So um, Ingram's going to be the freshman of the year, one of the better freshmen in the country in reality, and he's going against Tubellis. Um, Ingram has kind of an old man game. He's 6'8", 230, smart guy, can step out and shoot it, can get you in the post, um, really effective player. And then you have Tubellis, who's kind of a veteran compared to Ingram, um, who's also, you know, played his butt off last game. Um, that's that's a really good matchup to me because i don't to me if if Tubellis considerably outplays Ingram like i don't know how Stanford wins that game i think they need big games from guys like Ingram um, from Jaden Delaire is another one uh, i'm curious to see how Dalen Terry guards Jaden Delaire um that's probably in reality maybe the most important matchup of the game because you know it does he guard Delaire you know do they go a little uh, a, a little bigger you know it, it's they put Ben on Spencer Jones and Dalen on DeLair that's that's probably what I would do um Day, Daylon if, if he contains DeLair that's one of those situations where again um, it becomes really difficult for Stanford to win and so when you look at those two individual matchups uh, those are the two that stick out to me DeLair nationally is probably the better player but I think Ingram in a way um, is the more important player but Stanford's really big and it's going to be You know, individually, it's going to be interesting. How does Ben handle that size and that strength defensively? How does Dalen, um, he's going to get at 6'9 and Delair skinny, but um, that's another thing and kind of across the board.
1: It sounds like some intriguing matchups there, especially depending which version of Tubelos we get that shows up. If we get the monster, uh, Stanford doesn't really stand much of a chance. And also if our starting point guard also decides not to, you know, maybe – Get hurt before the game on accident. Yeah, and I mean
0: you can make a case that like there's matchups too that Arizona should dominate. There's two. And so Kirk Kriso should dominate Michael O'Connell. O'Connell. is better than people think because his assist rate is, is high. He averages a good amount of assists, um, but he's not a scorer in any way, shape, or form. James Keith will get minutes at center. He's not good. Like Coloco should eat him up. And so, you know, does Stanford go? If if I was Stanford, I'd go with the lineup where I play Ingram at center. Um, But then, you know, is Ingram at 6'8 going to be able to score over Coloco? Probably not. And so if you're Stanford, those are by far the two matchups that just scare the crap out of you. Because in reality, uh, Stanford doesn't have an answer at center or point guard. They can't do anything. Right.
1: Yeah. On another note, do you think Jared Haas, uh, the coach of Stanford, is the coach this time next year?
0: Uh, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) And Stanford's actually in a uh, in a really interesting situation because, in a way, and this is going to sound stupid, I realize that, but in a way, Jared Haas hurts himself by recruiting so well for a place like Stanford. Like, Ingram is really good. And when you have a place like Ingram, uh, a player like Ingram, you should be a tournament team. Like, they have good players. You
1: should build around them. Right.
0: But they're not. They're going to probably, you know, miss the tournament after, you know, you could have thought, oh, maybe they're, you know, back or whatever. Um, but then they go out and they lose to Washington. Stanford had the 20th best class in, in 2021. Like, they're, I mean, Ingram was a five-star top 20 player. Um, what's crazy is in 2023, Stanford has a commit from Kanon Carlisle, who's 20th in the country, a combo card. When you land those players at Stanford, that's a big deal. Right. The problem is you're not winning with them.
1: He's not developing them. And, he, and,
0: and it, you know, you, you get Zaire Williams and you you, you waste them away. You have uh, an older roster with Oscar Da Silva and you don't do anything with it. Uh, you know, you have guards finally. And, you know, last season they go 14 and 13. You know, the year before, 20 and 12, which was fine. But then you go out and, and you just, you know, you you lose to Cal in the Pac-12 tournament, right? Huh. So, uh, it, it, and you're, you're trying to get on the bubble and all that, and then you lose to Cal. You lose, like, you know, you take a look at them last year, right? 20 and 12. Um, they had a three-game losing streak. Then they go and they beat Oregon. Heck yeah. Then they go on a four-game losing streak. Then they go on a four-game winning streak, and then they end the season on a three-game losing streak.
1: Just the inconsistency, Right? And, and, and,
0: and that's the problem. Like, Haas can't get them to play. They don't have the identity. Like I mentioned, their identity is usually defense and this year they're not very good defensively. And you take a look at them this year. They just beat USC in front of no fans. They beat decent Washington State. They beat Wyoming. They beat Oregon. And you're like, heck yeah. Well they lost to Santa Clara and Washington. Like you take away those Santa Clara Washington losses, 16 points to Santa Clara by the way, and you take those away, well all of a sudden they're they're a tournament team. They're 12 and three. And so Jared Haas can't get that consistency and you know, look, Stanford's a different animal. They let coaches stay there for too long. You know, it's it like like David Shaw, who I like, they're paying mm. him a bajillion dollars. I was bucks.
1: wondering if you're going to mention Shaw. I mean, they're paying
0: him like $9 million to be mediocre right now, and they're not getting rid of he's there for life. Yeah. And so Haas, maybe they say, you know what, we're not doing anything with it, but um, he's not the guy. Like, they're going to lose a lot more this season, and they're, they're scheduled, you know, they're going to lose probably three of their next four, you'd assume. They cut the Arizona schools, then they got the L.A. schools. Um, so, you know, it, it, who knows if the will fans and, you know, maybe that's hurting them, but I just, if, if I was an AD, if Stanford was a normal school, right? Not a Stanford type of school. I'd say Jared Haas would be at, but you just don't know a Stanford. So my, my, my final answer mm. is no, I, I actually don't think he'll be coaching.
1: Yeah. They can't keep two, you know, weights on staff like this and major programs. It's just too much of a bad look. For football and basketball to have coaches like that, so I like
0: David Shaw, but imagine paying yeah. a guy nine million dollars to run just Wildcat just
1: mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, I do want to say thank you, Stanford, for beating USC. That always is a good time. Um, well, as far as looking at everything on paper, we've heard what you had to say. What is your prediction, Jason?
0: I actually think this game is going to be <laughs> relatively closer than people think. I saw people on the message board saying. Arizona's going to run them and They could. That Don't get me wrong. That potential is there. The biggest thing with Stanford is their turnover percentage is god-awful. Um, but the thing is that Arizona's, the last four games, has been turning the ball over way too much. There's going to be a game where Arizona goes out and has like eight turnovers and just beats the crap out of a team because of it. That could be Stanford because Stanford doesn't force a lot of turnovers. So Arizona could go out and – Take care of the ball. I mean, Stanford on offense is 344th in the nation on turnovers. Um, they're 276 in the way they force them. Now, the key of Arizona is uh, Stanford's offensive rebounding percentage is fantastic, and they don't let other teams do it either. Um, they go to the line at a, a pretty good rate, but they also foul a lot. Um, they don't hit free throws at all. Like They're a bad free throw shooting team, um, but they're a good passing team, And when the offense gets going, they they do have jump shooters. Um, They're going to take their time, and and they do have jump shooters. For me, the situation is the fouls and the turnovers. I think you have to play a relatively clean game in order to beat Arizona. And while I do think it's going to be close in the first half and maybe part of the second, I think at the end of the day, the talent of Arizona um, wins out. I think I picked, I don't remember my breakdown, but I think I picked Arizona by 9 the spread's like nine and a half. That feels about right. I could see it being like a five, six-point game where maybe it's close, but you kind of don't feel like Arizona's going to lose. Like, it's one of those games where Stanford hangs They're around.
1: closer than they should be, but Arizona right. was, was in the lead. Right,
0: and Stanford's done that a few times. I mean, look, Washington, they lost by three, and Washington's not good, but they were down. Washington State, they were down, and Stanford went on a 23 to nothing run. The one thing I will say about Stanford is they don't give up. They play hard, and they play to the end. But I just think that the talent gap... Will wind up being too much, but I don't think people should freak out Um, if this is a type of game that's maybe a little closer. Because Stanford is a very good rebounding they're team. It's tough
1: and they're playing at home. They Doesn't play. Matter, it, there's no fans right, there. And
0: and they're big. It is a big Stanford team at every position. They are not deep. They have Brandon Angel coming off the bench, who, who, like, he's a guy that he should be starting over Keith. But the problem is that if you start him over Keith, now you have no bench. Right. And so they'll bring Angel off the bench and he'll play like 30 minutes just because. But. If they get in foul trouble like at the guard position, they're done. And so I, I just think that when you're playing a team like Arizona and you need to take care of the ball and you need to be able to force turnovers, um, it just it's it's a difficult matchup for Stanford. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer than people expect and we kinda have one of those mini board freakouts afterwards for it's for gonna no be
1: a grind, guys. Like it's Stanford, you know, it's gonna be leading up to like the last five minutes of the second half and where you can really see the Arizona's talent and our athletes are just going to, like, that's when it's going to happen. I would be, happen, I would be
0: surprised end. if Arizona comes into Stanford and just beats the crap out of them. I would. And, and that's not a knock on Arizona. It's not a knock on, you know, I'm not even complimenting Stanford. I just, like, college basketball has these ways, right? Like, you look at today, Villanova lost to Marquette. No one's saying Villanova isn't better than Marquette. Um, Bama beat LSU, and LSU was on fire. Um, you know, Texas A&M gave Kentucky all they could handle. Baylor just came off of you know a two-game losing streak. Um, teams lose. Like Duke lost last night. Duke lost to Florida State. It was like, amazing. Co- college basketball. That's how it is. It's like any given Thursday, Arizona is losing a basketball game this season. It's I know not everyone running needs to get over <laughs> this
1: idea of we're gonna okay, we're not gonna lose again. Like we Arizona again. is
0: going to lose multiple games, and
1: that's okay.
0: Maybe two, three, whatever it may be, and it's okay. And is this one of them? No, I don't think so. But this is a difficult road trip. And uh, it's it's going to tell us a lot. Now I will say if Arizona goes three and zero, that's a big deal.
1: That is a big deal.
0: But we'll get there when the time comes. But I don't know. I just have a feeling that this game is is a little closer than expected. What do you, what do you what's your prediction? Give me the numbers.
1: I've been told I'm banned from giving numbers. No, since my this, prediction. That's not what happened. A couple we were, podcasts ago.
0: Well, you're an animal. But um,
1: <laughs> you didn't actually give a number either. What is it? You don't remember?
0: No, it was okay. a nine point game. Okay, there you go. Um, I, I asked Shelby if she would be picking Arizona to lose at any point this season. Um, I will be at some point, but um, she said no because she's scared of you guys.
1: I, Literally, I said I didn't want to be tarred and feathered.
0: And I said, Look, when you've been bashed by every fan base in the Pac 12, like I have, that's true. You,
1: you got to get, get a tough skin.
0: Right. And, and so I feel like picking, fans are mean. Right. So, by the way, no doubt in my mind. That fans will be allowed in poly on Monday. It's like magic. Or Tuesday, whatever. Every, it is. You
1: know what? COVID's over in LA on Monday, guys.
0: And I called this, and then UCLA fans killed me. You just watch. The announcement will come. What's today?
1: Today's. We're recording Wednesday. this on a
0: Wednesday. The announcement will come on Saturday. Yeah. After the UCLA plays on Saturday.
1: Magically.
0: Yeah. Just watch.
1: It's it's pretty interesting how all the stars align for UCLA. It's just so easy. Stanford. I don't it? know
0: if they will real life fans. There's only seven people that go to games anyway. So Mm. I don't know, eight people.
1: That's because they're studying, for real. I
0: didn't use enough big words.
1: No, that's true.
0: My algorithm says that Arizona will win by nine points based on the field goal efficiency plus the... uh, Sorry, done. Wow. I don't know anyone, now that I think about it, that went to Stanford.
1: Yeah, if you went to Stanford, tell Jason. Tell Jason and me. Yeah, hit me up. Oh, no, that that wasn't proper English, Jason and I. Yeah. Also, I did... Figure out how to say goodnight in Italian. It's it's that Dean Martin song. It's buonasera You should have told me the other night.
0: Well, if had you gone to Stanford, you would That's have. That's true. That already, so. That's
1: very true. But dang it, I I you know took a lot of Spanish classes. So anyway, I think that we're done for the night. We've had no interruptions.
0: I'm drinking a venti latte. No at 9:30 at night. So who knows what the the rest of the night holds for me.
1: Yeah, I think that means you're going to be up super late. We're just practicing for the 9 o'clock tip-off for tomorrow night.
0: Bear down o'clock. 9 o'clock.
1: Bear down o'clock. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. Bear down o'clock. Remember, we'll end it with our motto. Bear down. Wake up. Thank you for joining us, guys. Say thank you, Shelby. Oh, I thought we were...
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.